prayer and praise. There's something unexplainable and enigmatic about those, isn't there? I mean, God asked us to pray to Him, right? And we're called to praise Him. But what do those even look like? And why does God ask us to pray to Him if He already knows what He's going to do anyway? C.S. Lewis wrote, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all of the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, it changes me. And what about praise? What about praising God? I guess it should come as naturally as it should with that prayer that C.S. Lewis wrote about. But what does it look like to praise God? Is it always singing? Is it supposed to be done in private? Or, or is that supposed to be a communal thing? In church? Or are we supposed to do it outside in His creation? Like we can do with anything else, we can always turn to God's Word for help and guidance. One of my favorite places in the Bible regarding praise comes from Psalm 148. It reads, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly host. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For at His command, they were created. And He established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do His bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children. The word for all this is adoration. Webster's explains it this way, adoration is a noun, meaning the act of paying honor as to a divine being, worship, reverent homage, fervent and devoted love. Adoration. That's at the very heart of Iron Bell music. Every other voice is still, every heart leans in until you speak, like only you can speak. Everything we're longing for. Presence of the living God breathe like only you can breathe. So come and fill this room. Anything apart from now, I invited the men of Iron Bell to lead the worship up at the Take It Back men's retreat a few weeks back. And Stephen, Josh, and Joel came out from Kentucky and helped us all out, helped us pray and praise, and adore God. 
They also joined us for our first live podcast recording. So today, we're going to hear the heart and passion of these men, these musicians, on a journey to praise God and lead others into a deeper relationship in adoration. This is Flatirons Men's Community Pastor Dan Foote, and today we sit down with the men of Iron Bell on Wake Up Call, the Flatirons podcast for men. Here we are. This is our first ever live recording of Wake Up Call. And we are joined by Iron Bell, the Kentucky Boys. Right? That's right. Yeah. So we've got Stephen, Josh, and Joel. And of course, Justin Morgan is riding shotgun with me. Hey. As always. Yeah. So I want to talk about... I'm going to talk about worship music. I'm going to talk about men leading worship music and all that. Before we get into that, let's get into who you guys are. So I'm going to go, let's go right around the horn. Stephen, tell us, where'd you grow up, married, kids, all that kind of stuff. Okay, uh, yeah, originally from Indiana. Where in uh, Indiana? Cord in Indiana. I've actually met some guys here. Where is Cord here? Well, hey, some really anointed guys here know where it is. (laughs) Don't worry, they'll tell you. Uh, No, it's seriously very, very country town in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. Okay. uh, Which is where I grew up got in a lot of trouble when I was younger in that oh, area. We want to hear about but, that okay. later. But, um, yeah, so, and uh, now I live in Louisville, though, with okay. my wife. Uh, we've been together for a long time, and we have three kids, three boys, three red-headed boys. Three thir- red-headed boys. 13, 10, and soon to be three in a couple of days. Oh, wow, oh, nice. so you got a busy home. Yes, yeah. I do. Okay, Joel, hit us. Where? Yeah, I was born in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, we, my family moved to Kentucky, actually, to help plant a church okay. uh, when I was four. So Louisville, Kentucky's really been my home uh, since uh, the early 80s. Right. And uh, that's where I grew up. Uh, spent some time in ministry and out of ministry. Got married uh, to my awesome wife, Toby. We've got two boys, uh, 11 and 8. You're 11 and 8. Yeah. And you are the one... That we can, uh, you, you'll share some stories. And you were in Bergen's youth group growing I, up. I have so much dirt on that guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Josh, what about you? Yeah. 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 Moving on. Oh, I'm, I'm from Louisville, uh, and I say that at, like most people that are uh, from the Louisville area, because any other town is just really not even right. uh, on the register. So, um, I got into. Um, you know, I, I never set foot in a contemporary Christian church until I was probably, I want to say 30. Really? Yeah, it was late. I'm 42 now. So um, it was an experience. The, I came from, you know, a Catholic background, and okay. our church was all stone walls, and you Stained know, glass somebody would have fallen out if they had to put a drum in there, <laughs> yeah. you know, or an electric guitar that would have been, you know. Yeah. Uh, excommunication immediately <laughs> so so that was it was a new thing for me but um so i got into you know worship leading probably i've probably been doing that five years uh, okay. five six years something like that so so t- uh, tell us how did you guys find each other how did you become iron bell are you guys are buddies you know um we we hate each other, but that's fine. No, <laughs> no, uh, no, no. Yeah, we're friends, but we. Uh, what happened is, um, it's a ministry really in Louisville, Kentucky. Not a church, right? It's a ministry called Iron Bell Ministries, and its founders are Greg and Shelley Diedrich, which Greg 
knows Jim real yeah. well from uh, their days. They were part of a church together. And well, Jim was all, or I'm sorry, Greg Diedrich was also executive, or I'm sorry, president for Kentucky Fried Chicken for like five years. Okay, this so is a chicken Jim guy, talk about right? This guy, the, the so, guy. Um, he's retired now from that, but. Um, just, you know, he felt the Lord call him to do a prayer, like a worship night, prayer and worship night in his house. What started with 20 people eventually went to like 100 people. And so they had to find some place to move it to. And it, they found a horse barn in Louisville, Kentucky, which is yeah. <laughs> poetic. And so they renovated that and turned it basically into a place where people can come and pray and worship and just be in the presence of God. It's almost a library environment. Joel says that. I think that's a good picture uh, where people come and they just sit with the Lord. There'll be one of us or someone from our team playing quietly in the corner for okay. a few hours off and on throughout mm-hmm. the morning. You can bring your Bible. You just spend time with the Lord. We also have prayer teams. And this is in this barn. This is in this barn. They have room uh, with prayer teams, four or five people that are there to pray over people that have signed up. Yeah. And we have that in advance, and we've prayed for so many people. And this people. barn is not like, hey, oh, there's, 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 there's chickens and donkeys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like a real barn? No, yeah, it's it, like it, pottery it, barn. It was a real... <laughs> active horse barn at one point and uh, they renovated it basically stripped the entire interior did spray foam insulation uh, what what do you call it geothermal heating and cooling it looks like Martha Stewart got a hold of it it's a gorgeous facility they did a fixture up around the barn yeah it's it's a beautiful place and then right sitting right next to it is a cabin that uh, was owned by Squire Boone Daniel Boone's brother that's been renovated it's just a gorgeous property this place is a total dump no, it's amazing. <laughs> it's gorgeous. So it literally that, is gorgeous. So every Wednesday, so <clears throat> help and me then, understand. And then we also have um, once a month, basically, once a month, uh, we have some kind of a gathering in there where it's like a worship night or whatever, and it gets pretty rowdy. Right. And we, um, it's a lot of just prayer and worship. And uh, um, basically, out of this process of adoration, and I'll let Joel kind of explain to you what adoration is real quick, because it's really the heartbeat of why we started writing music in the first place. Okay. So now, everyone was asking Greg, what, what's the nature and the essence of this ministry going to be? He said, basically, it's going to be the gifts and talents of the people that stay, uh, because they, they really want to help. Uh, their, their byline is unlocking destinies, restoring lives and unlocking destinies. We want to find out what is your God-given purpose. We want to launch you into that purpose and teach you how to partner with God in that purpose. Well, the essence of our ministry happens to be uh, the gifts and talents of the people that stuck around, and it happens to be a lot of songwriters within our circle. I was there day one at that first worship night in their home. Uh, Stephen started coming around uh, probably about five or six years ago. And uh, what, Real quick, what were yeah. you doing at the time? You said you're the first one. What were you doing? Uh, like for a living? For a living at the time, I was doing remodeling. I had a remodeling company. I was... Uh, not enjoying it a whole lot, and just yeah. so even during the, 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 everything's just kind of interwoven with our relationship with yeah. Iron Bell because uh, it really taught me how to trust God and step out in faith and say, I, mean, I think God's telling me to close my business. I know it sounds crazy. What do you What do you think, guys? And we, we'd pray through these things, and we can share some of those testimonies <laughs> later. But Stephen was uh, talking about the the foundational element being adoration prayer. Yeah. So uh, we always frame it up this way. We'll we'll ask somebody like a, a man, Hey, do you love your wife? Yeah, of course I do. How often do you tell her? Every day. How often do you tell her why you love her? And it gets really quiet, usually, because we're not really good at getting behind the why. Adoration is the why behind why we love God. Mm. And so what adoration prayer is, is uh, basically opening up Scripture, finding out any place where it talks about God's name. And His nature. And His nature. And saying, God, we're going to declare these things out loud to you. 
Believing comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if we take that word, nothing's more powerful than hearing it come out of your own mouth, despite your belief, unbelief, wherever you're at in that, that process, and saying, you know what? In spite of wherever I am, I'm going to start declaring these things to you, knowing that your Holy Spirit's going to partner with your word and bring belief into me. Mm-hmm. There's this thing called KBA. It's knowledge, belief, action. If you don't believe something, you won't act on it. If you're struggling with some area that you're struggling to believe something about God, that's the perfect place to start with adoration prayer. Find out every scripture where it says, God is this. God is love. If you have mm-hmm. trouble believing he's for you, if you have trouble believing he's a good father, if you have trouble believing he's a provider, find the scriptures that talk about those things and pray them out loud to him. Allow the Holy Spirit to start cultivating that word in you despite your unbelief and something <laughs> ma- magical happens. You start believing. Out of that, you actually have something that's sustainable because mm-hmm. then you'll act out of that. Okay. So help me understand this then. Um, you guys gave up your jobs, right? To, I, mean, I guess your day it's job. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. Steve, why don't you talk about your, your role right now? In a world. No. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I... I With um, jobs. Yeah, there, were, there was jobs. <laughs> there was no jobs. But, uh, yeah, um, actually, you know, it goes back to even how I came into Iron Bell Ministries actually was... I, I was a worship leader for some time, and I just kind of felt like the Lord was saying, you know, um, and again, Lord was saying, uh, you know, I just felt some discontent, you know what I mean? Some things pulling at me. Right. And I began to ask myself, can I really, you know, did the Lord put the Holy Spirit in me to never, ever talk to me? Well, no, that's pretty dumb. And he gave me his word as guide right. for knowing when it's him and when it's not. Right? right. Yeah. And so I started to step into this point in my life, and I'm sad to say I never really did that. You know, I never, like, took believe that God was for me and had an adventure for my life. And as men, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh man, I want to believe that God's like got an exciting adventure for my life, not this boring to-do list. Yeah. So I begin to kind of see what, what happened when I asked God to like speak into my life through people and through circumstances and verify it with his word, right? And uh, But you're what, filtering it all through scripture, right? I'm filtering it all through scripture. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it, that's very critical. So anyways, as I start to make some decisions with my wife, by the way, <laughs> I quit my job last night. Yeah, anyways, <laughs> no, I uh, begin to make some decisions. I, I, I begin to, in this process of putting in my six month notice with a church, which was a long time, but I'd been there forever. And I was like, man, am I losing it? But I felt like Lord was saying, you're going to write music. And you're going to travel and worship at that time. I had no connections, had no idea how that was ever going to happen. So during that time, somebody told me about this place called the Iron Bell where you can just go and pray and spend time with the Lord. I'm like, well, that's exactly what I'm doing right now, and I want more of that. So I started going to this place for like a year, just going in the back praying yeah. and hanging out. And eventually the Lord opened a door for me to be a part of it. I love the part. This is just, this is just a beautiful part of the story because Stephen was literally out on a porch swing one day saying, Lord, you know what? I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to step in and serve at this place called Iron Bell. And, uh, Knowing that there's no money. There's no money. By the there, way. It's just everybody volunteers <laughs> to kind of participate but in this. But this is KFC guy, right? Well, yeah, but hey. <laughs> well, he's also... I want uh, you to pay me to hang around. <laughs> Mr. KFC. He's a business guy. A good at of, it for a lot reason. of expenses were just maintaining the property, the facility, uh, uh, and some of the events that we had going on. But Stephen steps up from a, a swing outside after he's resolved to say, you know what, I'm ready, Lord. If, you're, if you want me to be here, I'm ready. No sooner had he said that than he walks in the door and uh, Greg's daughter, who was uh, director of the ministry at the time, walks up to him and says, hey, we'd like for you to start leading worship here. Would you be interested in doing True that? True story. True, I mean, you can tell we've told these stories a lot. 30 yeah. seconds. 
seconds. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. just a really fast confirmation. Yeah, fast. Um, and then for me, does it always work like that? You know, no, no. by the way. <laughs> but so I guess help me understand now. So this is this is how I came in contact with you guys. We're planning this retreat for flat, you know, for Flatirons Men's Retreat. This happens to be the weekend that we're opening our fourth campus, Aurora. Uh-huh. And Which is exciting. That's yeah, awesome. it's, it's exciting, but it's also taxing all of our staff. So uh, I, I'm like, I'm trying to put together a worship team. And uh-huh. basically having all these meetings with the worship team, worship team and hearing, we got nobody. And I said, okay, so let's go out. I had just been up with Jim. We went up to his cabin and we're driving up there. He goes, you got to hear this music. He started playing. A couple of these guys were in my youth group growing up. And he plays me. We listened to your album, the one that... God that says, uh-huh. yeah, and and he goes, I love this song, and it's fade away, fall away, fall away. I'm sorry, yeah. fall away, and uh, and he says we're going to sing it this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, and and then I just got when I got the when I got the stiff arm, I got the Heisman about not anybody <laughs> helping with the with the worship. I said I'm going to reach out to these guys, yeah, and so in my mind I'm thinking you guys, I I'm a boomer, I, I'm just thinking of the Beatles. Okay, we're going to get you know you're a band. You somehow came together in your band. But you guys, you're three men in this mm-hmm. band. Yep. But it morphs and changes too, doesn't it? I mean, quite a bit. Yeah. Because now what I'm hearing is that you're not so much a band as much as maybe a, an we, idea. We call it a worship collective, really. Okay. Um, but it's interesting, you know, there's a five piece that travels a lot. But when we're at home, there's like eight of us. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we, that got, shifts we got around. three of you. And you got three of us. And tell, tell uh, me about that. Like, yeah. like I want to hear about you three and, and, and coming here. I want to talk about being a man, traveling as a band. You guys literally came here from Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> so how often, yes, how often do the three of you guys travel and do what you're doing? You know, we just released our album in May, and so things have picked up since May. Uh, we we don't we didn't have any sort of expectation of what that would look like. It's picked up the past month, this month, and next month. We're trying to be have a little bit lighter November, December, so we can just be other families. So we don't even know what 2018 looks like. Okay. So it's it's just yeah. really some of it's random. We get opportunities uh, uh, pretty regularly, but we just need to, it's having the the wisdom when to say yes and no. So one of the things cool. that that really when I when I originally called and we talked, I talked to Stephen mm-hmm. and. What jumped out at me was, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, in my mind, I'm thinking these are these are artists. They're it's a business. They want they, you know they need to make money. Mm-hmm. But immediately I got a sense that this isn't who you guys are. And even listen yeah. to this. This isn't you're not. And I'm putting in quotes artist like that. Sure. What I'm thinking of Christian contemporary music yep. artist, which is just. You know, you're out there trying to make a buck. Mm-hmm, right. It's what it feels like. I don't. I, I don't right. want to disparage all Christian artists. Because, no, it's not. Yeah, but I, that's not so, what you guys yeah, are about. You guys are. This is like a philosophy, or a, well, going back to adoration prayer being the, the bedrock of what we do. It is foundational what we do because it uh, it fosters intimacy with God, and that's what we actually are all made for. We're made for intimacy with with God, and. Uh, out of that place of learning a lifestyle of doing that, saying this needs to be a natural routine of my life, adoring God in the secret, me just being alone with Him, saying, "God, I love you," because, and then just, and then out of that place, 
when you get when you get breakthrough for the first time, and I don't know if, if some of you in here may have never experienced this type of breakthrough that I'm describing, but it's uh, when you shift from okay, I, I have a a intellectual knowledge of God. I've written, I've read the words on the page. I know that um, here it says that you are X, Y, and Z. But until the Holy Spirit brings the revelation of that word into you and you, you like you trust it, like right now uh, I'm on audio. So people that are listening to this later, I'm holding a, a cap from a water bottle. But what's going to happen while I go of this? It's going to fall away. How did you know? There we go. How did you know that? It's just, it's, it's experience. It's, it's, the, it's repetition of that experience. Do I know God like that? Do I trust his goodness? Just like I trust that bottle cap dropping. Do I trust him as a healer? Do I trust him as a provider? Do I trust him um, as my father? Do I trust him as a shepherd of my family? Mm-hmm. Do I trust him with my soul, my heart, my mind? Do I, do I trust him? And so, that way? What he's, you know, even with the music, we, we birth a lot of this stuff out of that. So like every song on this record right. is birthed out of a place of like, we've experienced something about okay. God and an attribute and character of God in our own personal lives that has come out through this music. So, so share that with us. What Songwriting. My friends, uh, it was interesting. He was uh, 20 years old. This is like, I don't know how many years ago. He said, let's write a blues song. I said, I'm not writing a blues song. He goes, why not? I go, because I'm 20. I don't, you have like, blues has like an authority to it. When you hear Johnny Cash sing a song. It's about experience. It's authentic because it, the man's lived it, right? And I want, so when I write something, I, I the church has lots of songs and we need more songs so we can express truths to God and to one another. But the power that can rest on a song because you've been through it, you've been through the fire, you've been through the furnace, you've been through the river. Um, you got testimony, can't, on, you got testimony on top of that. That thing's going to carry a weight to it that you can't uh, manufacture. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask this. Because um, we've got a lot of guys sitting out here in, in this uh, dining hall. And I'm going to say, I'm going to make the broad assumption that the majority of them are not songwriters and musicians and all that. But you guys experience, what, I'm going to talk about, I want to talk about the struggles that you experience. Uh-huh. So the enemy wants to destroy anything that God is yeah. in the process of restoring. Right. That's what this right. weekend is about. Right. Absolutely. It's about surrendering and uh, what we surrendered is our, our, our kingdom and how the enemy pulls us away. What are your struggles in this? Here's the common language. Hang on. The common language that you, you, were share, you all were sharing last night was you are called to rule your kingdom. There's parts of our kingdom that we have given up, and you're called to, be, to fiercely guard your kingdom, to, to take back parts of your kingdom that you've relinquished. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you fight for those things? One, you have to realize the fact that they're part of, they are part of your kingdom, right. that this is not just some fantasy. Right. Uh, so Satan came to kill. To steal and destroy. He's a, he's a liar. He's the father of lies. When he lies, he speaks his native language. And he's a deceiver. Now, Jesus said, I came that they may have life and life to the full. I came to destroy the works of the devil. I came to, to uh, preach the kingdom. And I came to make all things new. And you can probably find a couple more that he said. Right. I came that. I came too. This is why I came. We get to do that. Because God said, I'm here to make to form you into that man's image, the, yeah. the image of Jesus Christ. And we get to partner in the, with God in the same way to say, gosh, I'm taking this back. Yeah. I'm taking this world back. So one of the things as you're talking about, kind of the genesis to this retreat came when I read a book called The Next Christians by Gabe Lyon. 
and what you just said about how uh, about restoring. Mm -hmm. and, and originally, when I kind of cast vision for this retreat, I was sharing with somebody at lunch today. I said I, I originally wanted to call it restore, but that was just it just sounded too weak. Um, and I wanted something stronger because this is about again looking at our kingdoms. And even Joel, Joel as you're sitting, you're like, I can tell you're on fire because that's what we need to do. We need to get angry. We need to like stand up, and we need to take back what the enemy has taken away. So that's where that kind of came from. So I want to talk about: Is there an element in what you guys are doing and taking back worship music? So, and if there is, I want to I want to talk about that because that's kind of what I got out of talking with Stephen and Joel on the phone a few months ago before we when we were kind of hammering out getting you guys up here. Yeah, you mean for men? Yes, specifically, correct? Yeah, yeah you know um, the fact that we're all guys in this worship collective. Um, was not on purpose. <laughs> we weren't like, we need to have an all-man Or was not on purpose. No. Yeah. Uh, which means it's better. That means it's the Lord's doing. Sure. Um, and, you know, but you look at Christian music, and I would say um, I, had, we, I did an interview with the radio station in Detroit, and the guy, first thing the guy said, I never thought about it before, was he said, so what's it like, you know, isn't it, what do you think about what the Lord's doing in men right now and, and you being an all-male worship collective and I went oh what I didn't think about it you know I was like oh you're right we are all dudes little Josh I'm just kidding but yeah no um, I did say that's interesting because we were somewhere else in the country in Nevada and we were at a place in the it was like all women yeah. at this thing putting this thing on we never hardly ever saw the husbands of any of these men at this work at this ministry thing and I was like, stuck out immediately. It stuck out immediately. I was like, yeah. this is an epidemic. Yeah, I'm you seeing know? it. I'm seeing it in a small church too, because I have I lead worship for a church back home in Louisville, and in my maybe in our day when we were growing up, we everybody played guitar and sang, right? I right. Mean, everybody wanted to at least play guitar. Every dude did, and now because the guy got girls, because the guy yeah. got yeah. yeah. I mean, it's right. cool. And now it's not cool. And I can't find any guys at all to, to step up and want yeah. to serve in worship, but all girls. So what's the change? I think there was a time when men wanted to get involved um, with, with music, and, and I, I want to speak to that too. Um, and, and we just found out, like, we all used to play in bars, and, and every, anything that was available, we would do it. And then just, as life kind of um, proved that there was more to it than just the next gig. Right. We all we found ourselves saying, "Well, okay, now I have this faith, and and I have this ability. It only makes sense, you know, that God must have been preparing me into this path." The reason, honestly, the reason why we're sitting here is because Jim Bergen had a vision uh, for what ministry should look like and rallied people around. And when he contacted me. Uh, about coming up here to be the men's pastor. And he just flat out said, he goes, this, this is the deal. We are intentionally and unapologetically going after the hearts of men. Yeah. Because if we capture the hearts of men, we have a better <clears throat> chance of capturing the whole family. He yeah. said, so we're going we're gonna to create a space that dudes aren't afraid to come into. So that's the reason why Flatirons looks like, you know, it, it's, it's an old Walmart. The Lafayette campus is an old Walmart mixed together with a, a Albertson's grocery store. And it's just, you know, corrugated metal, cement, exposed floors. It, it doesn't look like a church. Because we're going to play music that men are comfortable, you know, 
listening or, or, or singing to or just experiencing. That's the reason why we do contemporary, like, just music, pop, you know, with, I mean, uh, rock music. That's the reason why you're going to hear, you know, ACDC or, or, or something. Cause that, and the way that Jim explained it was so many men come into the church with their fists clenched because they've, he always jokes about they either lost a bet or someone finally just wore them down, but they come in with their fists clenched. And then they walk in and, and they experience, they experience this, their, their hands open. And then they're able to ex- receive the truth. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so what I see happening, and I don't know what this is, but and this is my opinion, what I see happening is this almost like this eclipse of female influence in worship music. And that's the reason why for me, listen to you guys, mm-hmm. there's a male voice in this. There's a maleness to it. I wouldn't call it an eclipse. I would call it just men coming into their birthright because women need to stand in their birthright. Too, sure. Right. So it's, and men don't want to eclipse women because the church is only going to be powerful when men and women are standing in the fullness of their design. Period. Mm-hmm. The fullness of how they're created. To but I would, ag- right? I would agree, though, that it, the man, you have to lead. You have yes. to lead. And you have to lead well. And yeah. You have to lead Boldly. So, <laughs> so is there any kind of benefit you experience like from being an all male? I'll tell you one that's really travel. practical. Okay. I want to hear about travel. <laughs> <laughs> what you should he, he stole he it, right? it, man. It. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, traveling. You know, yeah. it's hard. Uh, there's some girls that play with us back home and it's we'd love to take everybody with us. But the reality is is you say you're a girl. There's you're money. Stale. There's money and there's you have to make it's got to make it all work, right? I know. And you can't share a, room, a hotel room with somebody that's not yeah. your wife. And yeah. so, uh, there you have it. You know? Yeah. Uh, Jim established this policy on staff. They call it the dad rule. So no male and female can, I mean, you know, like on staff, can be together alone like yep. in a car. Uh, in in the office, yep. we have office door. All of our office doors have huge, you know, windows. Yep. So you see so the whole tip to, to just. Avoid any kind of hint of. Yeah. Uh, of well, there's the outward. There's the outward, but there's also man. We don't know. You know, there's evil in our hearts. That's there's right. Stuff that we'll 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 pursue that uh, is lying well, in the dark. Hey, I, I want to wrap this up uh, because, uh, but I want to ask if any of the guys in the audience listen to this. You have any questions that you <coughs> feel kind of stirring up that you would like to ask Iron Bell? Go ahead. Uh, you mentioned the idea of um, sort of intimacy with God from a, a man having intimacy with God and then having this sort of stoic approach, you know. And, and it sparked in me the thought that, you know, most of us didn't learn intimacy from our dads. So our ability to develop mm-hmm. and foster intimacy with our children is stunted. And yeah. we didn't see, a lot of us didn't see healthy intimacy between our dads and moms if they were even together. And so... Um, trying to navigate all that and develop intimacy in our lives, which is akin kind of to spirituality, if you're living it out from a Christian's perspective, sort of where does where do you see the nucleus for that starting? In the relationship with God or in intimacy with other men fostering that? I mean, Can I, do you mind? So I will just say this because I had an issue. My father was a pastor growing up, a preacher. And the man that I saw in public and the one that I saw in private did not align. It was a mess, actually. I saw my dad, like, beat on my mom and stuff. So the image I had of a father was that, right? So from square one, my, anything I have to do with this lens of a father with, right. with the father is completely broken. So the first step is 
healing that view of the Lord with what he says about himself. Is it an overnight quick fix? No, it's actually a process. It is a process, isn't it? Understanding and accessing God. It seems like it's as easy as slipping on ice or harder than climbing Everest. But music, music just makes praise easier. You know, music is such an integral part of our lives, and it seems to permeate and almost litter everything in life. But adoration and praise, these are more than music, more than notes on a page and noise plucked on strings or or wind blown through brass tubes. Music pointed and directed to heaven is an offering, a side road, away from the noise and cacophony of life to that solitary place, to the very feet of God. We can't explain it this music thing. It's, it's just one of the many mysteries and gifts from our good, good Father. A beautiful little unnecessary addition to life. Like the sense of smell, which gives us the wonderful aroma of dew and wildflowers at dawn on a hillside, or spaghetti sauce warming on a stove. And taste, which allows us to savor that medium rare ribeye fresh off the grill chocolate milkshakes with whipped cream on top, and that kiss hello when we walk into the door each night. All unnecessary, but treasured. Hey, do me a favor this week. Take some time each day to separate yourself from all the noise and all the busyness of life, and sit and read Psalm 148. Read it, those few verses. And think on them. Meditate on them. And then take a few moments to look around in silence. And I guarantee you, you will see and you will hear with your own eyes and ears those very verses coming to life. Everything. The birds, the trees, the very rocks below your feet, all praising God all of his creation and you won't be able to help yourself you will praise next week we'll wrap up our millennial man series with our pastor of that generation Stefan Gazowski Stefan stops by to share his story and his passion and heart for the millennials we get a call from dinner on the way to the dance since my buddy's dad and he said hey you guys need to come back to the hotel the hotel security called the police and they searched your room and all kinds of stuff so found the mushrooms yep found found the mushrooms <laughs> found the mushrooms for sure which in high school i you know thought it was a slap on the wrist right you know like i didn't want my buddies to get in trouble so i went right up to the police and said hey you know any any drugs you found are mine and then and then life blew up after that so Please join us next week. This is Dan Foote, and this is Wake Up Call, the Flatirons Podcast for men.